Welcome to the Effective Data Scientist Podcast. The podcast is designed to help you improve your skills, stay focused, manage successful projects, and have fun at work. Be an effective data scientist now. Welcome to the new episode of The Effective Statistician. My name is Benjamin Pieske, and I'm here together with Alexander. Hi. Nice to talk again. Hi, Alexander. It's good to talk to you. Actually, I was writing an email earlier today to you, and email writing is different than talking, as we know. And email writing is a big topic in everyone's day-to-day uh, -day work or day-to-day -day life. And today we take the opportunity to talk about emails. As I said, emails is quite important. And most of you, if not every one of you, is, you know, wrote emails before, received emails before. And I don't know, Alexander, how many emails do you get every day? Probably in the range of 80 to 100. So that, and that is just to my direct personal email address. So in addition, I have filtered out, you know, general news, stuff like this and emails that I get via distribution lists. It's 100 is impressive. And at, at work or yeah, only at work. Oh, at work. Okay. So yeah. that, uh, wow. I, I think. I'm probably not the only one. I think it just depends projects you're involved and what the kind of communication culture is. And if you, if you're working very virtually, so that lots of the communication is via email, that triggers a lot of things. And of course, certain email behaviors also trigger a lot of things. <laughs> But in, well, how much time do you spend then on, on writing or reading emails per day? Can you quantify this? So is that it's probably something like two hours. Okay. Yeah, but I think it's for me, it's even more. But, but do you think it's a kind of a wasted time usually? Or is it like a burden rather? Or so what is the, how do you feel about the emails, receiving that many emails? So it's both. It's sometimes it's really a burden. And I, you know, especially if I kind of come back from a vacation and I see thousands of email in my inbox, it's kind of overflowing. And then it really feels like a burden. And if you can't, you know, catch up with the email, it feels like a burden. But I'm always trying to readjust my mindset about that. So because I can also see that as a, as all these emails as an opportunity, as an opportunity to, to help, to influence, to drive things forward. And especially also in terms of emails to my team to lead the people and to, to develop the people. And sometimes I also see that as personal development. What do you mean with that? For example, you write a very important email to a bigger distribution list. Then I'm actually spending a little bit more time to craft the email much more carefully to make sure that the email is written in a really good style so that it's very clear and the message that I want to send comes across very clear. So I think... And that is kind of where I'm spending then more time and I'm trying to 
intentionally learn about that? What kind of techniques can I use to actually improve the writing style so that the email has the effect that I want to have and doesn't backfire? Well, that's it, it talk about a very important point is to really uh, be constructive in, in using the emails or writing the emails rather than just, you know, to de reading, deleting and, you know, managing it in a, in a, in a, you know, kind of a not uh, priority way. But you mentioned before that, that you said you use the emails for, you know, to help or to influence or to be, you know, to lead your team. But isn't this like automatically that, you know, any email that, that is written should make use of the, you know, of that opportunity to help, to provide something, to influence, to give information, to lead or to uh, mentor? Yeah, if you have well-written emails, then that is the case. But I think you can also write a lot of emails that actually more distract or confused, uh, confused <laughs> and, and don't really help. And, you know, just increase the flood of emails overall without actually kind of pushing the things forward. So, but I think that depends very much on how you approach the emails. So when you say you approach the emails, so what, what is the, you know, your standard way of receiving or you're managing your emails. So is it, I mean, I know that people, you know, running through, you know, through the streets or, you know, with their mobile in their hand and just, you know, checking emails once in a while or even replying while walking and stuff. So how do you manage or what approach do you take to manage your 80, 100, let, let's say more important emails? So I have two different approaches. It depends on whether I'm actually at my PC or whether I read the emails on my smartphone. Let's first go to the PC approach because that is a more comprehensive approach. So I follow their five-step approach that I learned a couple of years ago. One of the principles behind that is to try to read every email only once. So not kind of read it, think about it, let it stay there, set to un unread again, read it again, still don't sure what to do about it, set it to unread again, and kind of it stays in your inbox all the time and it doesn't really move forward. And then it becomes even more kind of a burden. So I'm trying to follow this five-step approach. And the first step is really if the email can has an action in it that I can do within two minutes, something like this, take the action directly, and then either I delete the email or file the email. One of the actions could also be that I just need to delegate it. Yeah, so, so it's not something for me to actually take care, but I delegate it to a team member or move it forward. So also something that's very, very quick to do. Another thing is that I actually deferred, deferred back. So for example, it's not complete. I need further information or something like this. So then also it's kind of gone. The next step is just delete it. So there's lots of emails that, you know, you just get for, for your information or things like this, or it's just, yeah, of course, spam or st stuff like this. Just hit delete and it's gone. And in the end, 
just file them. And I think that depends probably on the different working structures within the different organizations. I'm trying to file them rather roughly. So, so not kind of used to have lots of different folders and subfolders and sub subfolders of all kind of different things. And it took a lot of time to actually manage then all these filing and, and things like this. And then you may get an email that would foot would actually fit into different folders. So you copied it in, in two folders or stuff like this. So I rather use the metadata that the email anyway comes with and much more search through email. So that's how I can reduce my time that I actually spend with email. Yeah, that's what I'm doing as well. It's just, you know, having usually one folder per project, let's say, or per bigger topic. And sometimes for special cases, so for example, if there's, you know, events that happened or needed to be discussed or where decision is still quite, you know, important, then I do create a subfolder, but this is just rather rare. So it's really, if you have a se like a case, a separate case that can be clearly identified as, as such, and then you can file it into one folder, but otherwise I use the search function over a full, you know, the out, the outlook or the, whatever you use as a program and don't spend too much time in managing the filing. Yeah. What I'm, what I'm actually doing also in my uh, calendar is that I have specific times where I look into my email. So I'm very tempted in the morning to first kind of go into my email, but I made the experience and since that is very often kind of driving my complete day. And very early in the morning is actually my most productive time from, from just from my ability to tackle more complex things. So I'm trying to not directly open my email, but first get a couple of difficult things done. Do you know the book Deep Work? Mm, I think we talked about it before, yes. Yeah, so this is kind of, you know, what I'm then trying to tackle, what's called deep work. So really cognitively demanding work, like, you know, reviewing a protocol or writing an SAP or writing a manuscript or coming up with a solution for a technically demanding project, things like this. Mm. So where you just need a little bit more time, 30 minutes, an hour to really get some things done and not these kind of 30 minutes, 30 seconds tasks of one email after the other. No, I, well, I believe it, it's good. I, that's what, what I usually recommend if, you know, if people feel, you know, like this is a burden or you know, we discuss the email topic in, in general that I say, you know, turn off the, the email completely, just close it and uh, do your work for one hour, two hours or whatever. So really concentrate on what it's doing. Don't get distracted by, you know, popping, seeing the pop-ups from, from incoming emails or the sounds or whatever people um, like to have usually to, to realize that there, there are new emails coming in. So, but I'm not as, you know, as well structured as you are, obviously that doing it in the morning and, and, and so on, because I'm usually doing the check in the morning first to see what would happen overnight, you know, working in different, different regions together. So, but then, 
turn it out, uh, turn it off if we do have, or if I do have some really burning and urgent, difficult things to complete. Yeah, it's it's really important to turn off these email notifications because really emails shouldn't be, you know, if you get an email, there shouldn't be the expectations that you answer it within a couple of minutes. Well, sometimes there's a situation that you are expecting something to come in and you urgently wait for it. So, but... Yeah, usually yeah. but that is rather rare <laughs> but i think this is this is the mindset of of people sometimes that they that you know they feel like the emails and the responsiveness to emails or to the availability to read the emails is such an important thing and as I say, it is in very rare cases but otherwise i think email is not the most important task that you you are supposed to do on a you know in a timely and responsive manner therefore i i think turning it off is one of the most important things to do to not get distracted every 2 minutes by incoming emails yeah and i think if you if you sit on these emails and you just check them all the time you actually don't get in the cognitive state to actually get something relevant done. And it takes so much longer than to to get these things done. You know, if you concentrate on, let's say, reviewing an SAP, you may get it done in, let's say, one hour. If you constantly check emails during this time, you probably need half a day at least to get it done. And then also with a poorer quality. So, and that's, and you don't feel good about it. So I rather have that thesis batching mode in terms of emails, put them all together and limit them in terms of when you work on it. And really, if you work on, on emails, let's say twice a day or maybe three times a day, that's completely sufficient. Mm. Usually it is. I agree. But but going back to the, to you know managing the the emails or the inbox in general, do you use? I mean, I'm um, other way around is I I'm using for example coloring of emails. So I prioritize emails automatically then by giving them different colors when they come in. So I set colors for um, emails that are where I'm on only on the CC line. I'm setting colors where, you know, different colors to what when I, when I'm on the two line. And sometimes, you know, even different color for uh, emails that are two where I am the only, you know, one on the two line. So it's really so giving in a little bit of a, you know, priority coming in. So then when I check my emails, I do see which ones are directly directed to me. And, you know, I'm not just in for, for, for your information and, you know, by finding it out or even BCC. So BCC emails are just something completely different. Yeah. Yeah. So in terms of that, I had that as well, but in my email culture didn't work because most of the people actually didn't care whether people were in two or six. Okay. <laughs> so, and, and, <laughs> and, and then I missed lots of important stuff where I, there was actually a task for me in it, but I was just CC'd on it. So, but what I actually do, I use filtering for mm, my emails. So all certain things, let's say general news go into a certain box automatically, which I then check on a 
time-to-time basis, but this is all kind of non-urgent stuff. Then there is certain other newsletters that I get, for example, on leadership. They go into a certain box so that I can, you know, batch process them. And I, as I said, I divide between emails that go directly to me and those that go to where I'm just in a larger email distribution list, Mm. which also makes it easier because usually these emails are not that important. I think for filtering, I'm, I'm doing the same for, you know, for where, where you have clear sender where, you know, where where it's easy to filter. However, just be careful with filtering by, for example, project numbers or project names or something. This is, this is really leading to a lot of confusion. Just as an example. So if you have a project number and you think that's good, then all my project related emails through that project goes into one folder and then you can just check and read and and it's automatically sorted. But the problem is, for example, if you receive lists of projects in an attachment and, you know, this is also recognized by the program that there is a number and the number that you, you are filtering for. So this, this email is then going directly into the project related folder, even though it's general information about all project that you're involved or all project of your colleagues, company or group or whatever. So it's, it's really be careful with how to filter and make it unique. And otherwise, you know, you might miss out some information as well because it's it just went off. Yeah. Yeah. There's two other tricks that I use to actually get less email. The first one is that I'm trying to be more clear in how I write emails so that they don't trigger lots of additional questions. So let's say I want to get an answer on on a specific topic and I directly give options for that. Do you want A or do you want B? Or if if we organize kind of a meeting, then, you know, you could give options for it rather than asking what would you, when would you have time? You know, I get, I check my calendar first and say, I have time here and here and here. What's your availability? So then, you know, instead of having three, four, five emails that are going back and forth to directly get to mm, the point. Good point. Uh, the other point is, I think, just send and respond to less emails is sometimes really, really helpful. So, you know, email is just one way of communication. And sometimes using some other communication channels is actually a much better approach. So picking up the phone, if you just need to discuss it with one person or, you know, use a company internal chat or things like that, can be quite much faster, especially if it's kind of a little bit of a fuzzy project where it has a potential to go have a lot of back and forth, then it's really, really helpful. Of course, anyway, if it's a, if it's a form more sensitive topic. Email is usually not the best. Well, it depends. I mean, also on the, on the other hand, you do have the documentation of decisions, for example, uh, documented in, uh, in emails rather than you have on, in, you know, in a chat or uh, on a phone. So I think there are pros and cons to use different approaches and you have to be, you know, can consider carefully what, what is the best to you use. I mean, it doesn't mean that at the end of a call, you can't, you know, su- send out a summary or, uh, in an email and say, okay, thanks for your call. And that's what we agreed. So this is something we can use as well. 
Yeah, I think that's that's a good good approach to document your actions and and decisions in an email afterwards, just to close the loop, and also that helps for you and for others to actually further communicate this decision to mm. others in the team, for example. You mentioned that you know about the differences between smartphone use and desktop use. So, what is the What is your approach then, or similarities or difference, uh, different approaches then for a smartphone? So for the smartphone, I don't like writing long emails because that is just very, very cumbersome. So I use the smartphone much more to, to filter and to sort emails and especially, and, and just maybe, you know, If I just need to write a very, very quick answer, like yes, yep. no, It's too, okay, to delegate, <laughs> that's the, the part. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But yeah, so so I'm I'm I use that much more kind of as a pre-filter than actually managing my emails via that because a short email message that is not properly done can lead to much more work than it helps to solve the work. I have seen that so many times. So it's much better to kind of wait a couple of hours until you sit at your PC again and write a proper email than to send something out quick and dirty just to get the email off your list. And then you get a whole cascade of following follow-up yep. emails. Which yeah, yeah. And, and you do sometimes realize that people are sending this from the from their from their smartphones on the way that they're writing. So impolite emails in terms of you know no you know because they're skipping you know the the greetings and and endings and it's just like kind of a Yeah, it's not a, it's not a nice style. So I think it's important in one way sometimes to do it. And, but I think you have to be careful when you just sending yes and no back to some of your colleagues. It might not be well received. Yeah. Yeah. If I just get an email that asks me, do we meet still tomorrow morning at nine o'clock? That's a yes, no question. But if it's more kind of something like, how did you find my presentation today? Mm. <laughs> thing to send in a short email. The other thing about the smartphone, I think, is using the smartphone and looking into emails while doing something different. For example, sitting in meetings. I find that really, really distracting. This kind of multitasking and trying to work on your emails that way. I think if you're in a meeting, you should be there in the meeting and should be really present or you shouldn't be in the meeting at the first place. So, or it's a very badly organized. Well, yeah, meeting. I, I agree that this is, option. you know, multitasking in meetings is, is a very bad habit and not very uncommon happy habit, unfortunately. But there are meetings indeed where. The multitasking is the only option to overcome the meetings. Yeah, but I think emails is kind of very often the only, you know, is, is this trigger. And, and uh, even more if people have this email notification on, on their phone. That yeah, that is actually a so very good point because the, the email notification on the phone and uh, also, you know, if you see on the, on, on the apps, for, for example, the little numbers, the little notifications of how many emails you received in between, that is, well, that is very distracting. 
uh, when you use your email. Also, I mean, this this now goes into the the weekend work and and you know during vacation and stuff that that you still receive emails and and you see how many emails you received over the day and and you know keep on wondering what it is and why they're sending emails while you're on vacation. So I think turning this off is really important because it's it's I mean there are good options there are good you know ways of you know they're there if you're waiting for something very important and you're waiting for it and that's why you would like to know when you receive emails to check whether it's not there okay fine but in general i think just turn it off it helps it doesn't help you at all if you have the time to spend to read your emails then you open it and otherwise as you speak about the vacation i want my team to be on vacation when they're on vacation so i don't expect them to to work on emails We usually have a different channel for really kind of emergency situation where I would call them directly or something like this. And these things, you know, happen, don't know, every 10 years or something like this. Yeah. But, but so really, really rarely. But otherwise, I think it's really important to set up an out of office email that clearly delegates things and makes sure that You will not respond. Well, that's, that's what I expect as well. I mean, it's important. It's important for me to be on vacation. It's important for, for my team to be on vacation. And I, I, there are situations where the, where people offer to, for example, do something which, you know, would spend, other people would spend two or three days while they can just check in within 50 minutes or 30 minutes. So they do offer to, to check or doing their vacation something or to be. So there are exceptions, but these are agreed exceptions. These are not expectations. And therefore, if you, prefer or if you if your understanding of vacation is to be really off then be really off and don't get distracted by emails or checking emails and and things i mean people tend to think that the life doesn't go on without them it does even if it's all of it yes it works surprisingly well exactly so i mean I understand that people do take care about their work and they, they, they are responsible for their work and, and so on. And that's, that's all fine, but vacations are vacations. And I think everyone needs the, the, the time off and. Yeah. To actually work like, effectively afterwards again. So, so I think that's, that's, that's the whole point. And also I think, especially for managers, it's important to step back from time to time because that actually is also an opportunity for team members mm. to step up. Sure. And I think by being constantly on emails, managers, you know, don't give these opportunities to team members. There's one last point I would like to make regarding incoming emails. It should be the exception, but sometimes it happens that people just don't get rid of their emails and say, you know, the flood is so big that and it's coming faster than than you can work on them uh, and you're kind of completely over overwhelmed and i have been there but you know see the emails pulse up and you have thousands of unread emails in your inbox at one point there's a time where it actually makes sense to declare email bankruptcy <laughs> have you heard about this term before <laughs> i heard about it yes it's It's a quite, it's a extreme cut that you, you're, yeah, but go on. Yeah. But I think it's at, at a certain point, you know, you, that's the only option you have left basically to say, okay, all these 
old unread emails. I move them into one folder and I say, this is old emails. And now I start back with inbox zero and move on from there and just kind of hope that all the really emergent things come, come back. And usually they do. They do. And so, and then if you, and then, but at least moving on from that point, you can better manage your email. But if, if, you know, sometimes things happen at work and you get completely overwhelmed, too many projects come at the same time and people are leaving the company and just turn over and, you know, it's just chaos and these situations these things are probably the only way out. No, I never, I was never actually in that situation, but I, usually my, my way of, you know, before declaring bankruptcy is to, to spend one day between New Year and Christmas in the office and only do the emails at the end of the books. <laughs> That's what I usually or try to do. And it's, it's working very well actually because there's no distraction on the, from the other side. So there's nobody calling you. There's nobody coming in. This is really, you're the only one in the op- office usually. And uh, so you can spend a full day of, cleaning your inbox and that that helps and lasts at least half a year so that's good that's good anyway okay i think we will have a next chat about writing the emails and the next episode so for today we thank you for listening and we will be back soon with another topic on writing emails Mm -hmm.